Hello there and welcome to episode number 352 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell and today we are live, well sort of live, from Book Lovers Con. We recorded this episode on May 16th, 2019 and it is our live show from Book Lovers Con. It's fast, it's funny, and it's very silly. I have to start with some thank yous. Thank you to Amanda and Elise for doing the live show with me. Thank you to Eva Moore and Beth P who brought bottles of wine to share because they are most lovely. Thank you to Terry and Joe Carroll at Book Lovers Con for giving us a space with a sound system to record in. And thank you as always to Melanie Johnson and the organizing committee of the 2014 Chicago North Spring Fling who gave me cards against romance tropes, which I have flown around the earth so that I can play it with other people. Now, I also have some apologies. I am expressing all of my feelings in this intro. There is some uneven audio in this production, and I'm not sure if it was my fault, but I'm going to take all the blame. I did my best to fix it. It is a little uneven. Sometimes the mics picked up my voice in two places and I couldn't separate it. There's sometimes a little bit of an echo or, or a buzz. Um, this is a bit off from my usual audio standards, and I apologize in advance. If you enjoy it, thank you so much. I apologize for the oddness of the audio. Now, in between rounds of Cards Against Humanity, we talk about a bunch of different things. We have some big news from us and from me. We have an update on the Bachelorette recaps. We have a discussion of chafing solutions and the benefits of Stitch Fix. Now, I have no affiliations with Stitch Fix. I'm just really nosy about people's clothing when they make terrific outfit choices because I don't really know how to dress myself very well. We also talk about ER nurses having to pull things out of people's backsides because that's how our conversations go. And at the end, we make book recommendations because that's also how our conversations tend to go. If you would like to email me or if you would like to see a live show and you want to know when the next time I'm doing one is, I can tell you they're longer than this episode. During the part where I'm handing out cards or talking to people, we have a lot of conversations and laughter and silliness in the room that doesn't translate to the recording. So if you want to see a live show, email me sbjpodcast at gmail.com and tell me where I should go next for a live show. You can also leave me a message at 201-371-3272. You can leave a message, you can tell me where to go, like you can literally tell me where to go, or you can leave a message with a question or a suggestion or tell me a bad joke. You know I love those too. This episode is brought to you by Never Kiss a Notorious Marquess by Renee Ann Miller. Renee Ann Miller's USA Today best-selling series of steamy Victorian set romances about infamous lords, whose scandalous ways keep tongues wagging, but whose wicked reputations are fueled by dark gossip and dangerous hearsay, is back. When darker whispers swirl that a certain Marquis may have murdered his wife, a spirited suffragette and aspiring journalist decides to use a chance encounter with the dangerously desirable nobleman to uncover the true story. Never Kiss a Notorious Marquis by Renee Ann Miller is on sale now wherever books are sold and at kensingtonbooks.com. Today's podcast transcript is brought to you by End Transmission, the final book in Robin Backar's Galactic Cold War series, where Firefly meets James Bond in this action-adventure romance trilogy. When a surprise attack separates Chief Engineer Maria Watson from her ship, she finds herself stranded in hostile space with a stolen Soviet weapon and the ship's salty, sexy doctor, Tomas Niota. 
trapped together in a stolen ship and running from both the Alliance and the Soviets, they must work together to survive. But when the weapon's horrific purpose is uncovered, their quest becomes a race against time. They must expose the truth and destroy the weapon before it's too late. Don't miss the rest of the trilogy, Relaunch Mission, which was listed as one of Book Riot's 25 best space opera books, and Contingency Plan, the final book in the trilogy, and Transmission, releases May 20 from Karina Press and is available everywhere books are sold. We have a podcast Patreon. I invite you to check it out, patreon.com slash smartbitches. The Patreon helps make live shows like this possible and keeps the show going every week, and most of all, ensures that every episode receives a transcript so that each episode is accessible to everyone. If what we do gives you a small amount of pleasure and you would like to throw $1 a month towards us to keep going, that would be most appreciated. Demonstrating that what we do has value means a lot. And to everyone who is part of our Patreon community, thank you so much for your support. You can have a look at all of the tiers at patreon.com slash smartbitches. I will have music at the end of the episode, and I will have information about the music at the end of the episode. And there's also music right now. I just haven't added it in yet. And I'll tell you who this is and where you can buy it. And I will have a preview of what's coming up on Smart Bitches this week, along with a terrible joke. Actually, I have two terrible jokes this week because I couldn't decide. And of course, links to everything that we talk about, the books we mention and the different games we talk about and all of the things we talk about when we talk about chafing, that will be in the podcast show notes as well at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. But for now, let's do this podcast thing. Again, I apologize for some of the unevenness of the audio, but I hope you enjoy our live show from Book Lovers Con 2019. Okay, I am required by the laws in the state that I live to tell you I'm now recording everything that you say. I'm not going to do anything with it except show the whole internet. Okay? All right, so welcome to our live show. Thank you so much for coming. This is so great. I'm Sarah. I run Smart Bitches. I have a shirt that says Smart Bitch. Are you guys having a good conference so far? Things are good? All right, so I need to start by thanking Eva and Beth who brought wine. Yay! And would you introduce yourselves, please? I am Amanda. And I'm Elise. Well, okay, that was our show, guys. Thanks yeah. very much for coming. Goodbye. How many of you in the room are, are, this is your first book conference, book lovers, con, book lovers? So, like, more than about half. My favorite, there's two things that I love about conferences that are all women. One is that sometimes a hotel will close the men's room, and then they'll try to artfully hide the urinals with tablecloths and flowers. And it's, right? It's the best when they stick a plant in the urinal, and there's, like, a big, like, oh, I didn't know that men peed there. Oh, I just thought it was a, like a terrarium. And the other thing is it is the best time to go to the gym if you are so inclined because it is all women and all the men are in there like, what the hell? <laughs> like there's just chicks. The gym when it's all women and the bathroom when it's all women is bad. But the gym when it's all women. We're going to play a game with y'all and we hope you volunteer. Melanie Johnson is here. She is the one who invented this game. So in 2010, 2014, so I have no concept of time. I don't know what year or day it is ever. I went to Chicago North, and then as a speaker, this was my gift, a personally created Cards Against Romance tropes. I think there's only 10 of these. Yeah, I can't, we can't remember if we made eight. Somewhere between eight and a dozen exist in the world, and you got two of them. I gave one away on the site. Well, I only have one. And I 
I guard it. Like, we moved it. It would be very important. I don't even have a copy. <laughs> you have all the source files, though. You but I do. One. Someone was just, I get emails all the time about the game. So we do, we do hope. Uh, it was so for, I was one of the coordinators for Spring Fling that year. And if anyone here has ever coordinated a conference, bless you. It's extremely stressful. So the way that one of the other coordinators and I kind of handled our stress was to start coming up with this game, this Cards Against Humanity version for romance novels. And we would just throw our ideas into this, you know, file and uh, put this game together. (laughs) Um, And it's very tongue-in-cheek. It's very um, snarky. Uh, It's an affectionate look at a lot of the silliness and things that we love and hate about romance novels sometimes and the way it can be mocked. So when you play this game, you play it with a big grain of salt, and it's meant to to have, like, like Cards Against Humanity. Um, and so we, we have talked about possibly updating the game, Kick too. Kickstart it. Well, yeah, we've thought about that, too, but we want to be very careful of, like, what the boundaries are with it being based off of Cards Against Humanity. so many versions. I know. I, a lot of people have. I, like, I have... I have um, uh, Bards Against Profanity, which is a Shakespeare version of the game, <laughs> which is awesome. Someone bit their thumb at you. Yes. But I bite my thumb at you, sir. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, no, that was so it's a, it's a great game. And I'm just so excited that Sarah is still playing it five years later. I adore this. Okay. So, Amanda and Elise are going to be our team captains. And each of you are going to volunteer to come up. There is a pink card. The pink card is the phrase the captain will read have to complete so in this example the biggest difference between YA romance and adult romance is and each contestant will get to choose three of the white cards and they have to pick which one of their white cards best so I'm going to pick a card at random and pretend this is mine the biggest difference between YA romance and adult romance is blue eyeshadow (laughs) story checks out right Okay, so we have Team Amanda and Team Elise. I, I just want to say that we played Romance Feud, and I see some of my former team members in the audience here. Uh, I lost last year, and I'm kind of hoping to keep that same energy. <laughs> so Team Amanda and Team Elise will each have two contestants with them. Can you, can you just, like, guide us through the first Oh, round? I will guide you through many rounds. I haven't had that much one. Okay. All right. Who would like to be... On a team. So each team that wins, even if you don't submit the winning attempt, you're, if your team wins, then you get to come up and you get to take a prize. You have, all right, Amanda and Elise. I'm going to pick the first pink card and I'm going to hand it to Amanda. You guys are trying to complete this phrase with your teams. They lived next door to each other their entire lives, but she never thought about him that way until he came home looking like... Okay. Elise, do you want to complete the sentence? They lived next door to each other their entire lives, but she never thought about him that way until he came home looking like you have to pick one of those two. a tattoo with a story. <laughs> um, until he came home looking like a two-for-one sale. <laughs> All right. All right. Team Amanda members, please come back here and pick a prize. I need two more volunteers. All right. Here we go. All right. So 
I got a question. I want to ask Amanda and Elise about their clothes. So I'm, I'm going to do that in a minute. They both got their stuff from Stitch Fix. Have you guys ever used Stitch Fix? Yeah. Is it is it good? Yes and no. It works best when you have something like like I asked. I was like, I'm going to a wedding in Austin in March. What do you got? So it happens you give them a lot of direction. When I got a box where like everything worked except one piece, I just emailed them and I'm like, this person is the person who's going to send me my clothes. Like I don't want anyone else, just this person. And then it, since then, like she or he has been on it. So because I hate to shop. I hate it. I mean, my, my threshold for clothing is does it itch and do my boobs fit in it? And is it, it, it I do not believe in dry clean only any longer. Like I have two classes of clothing. Someone in my house is sticky or I am at a conference. And those are two very separate groups. They have an app, though. If you go on it, it will show you different items of clothing, and you can thumbs up or thumbs down. It's like a and little if you... game. It's like Tinder for clothes. Right, but if you, <laughs> but if you do that, like there, the items you get are definitely more in line with what you're looking because it builds some kind of algorithm in there. Okay, so here's the deal. I read the sentence. You have to pick the phrase on the card in your hand that you think best completes it, and hand it to your team captain. He whisks her away to his secret blank. All right, Elise. He whisks her away to his secret flirty step siblings. That's, That's like, like a, a gross, gross reverse harem. <laughs> he whisks her away to his secret anal virgin. <laughs> okay. So by show of rowdy behavior, you, some of you are sympathy blushing for Amanda. <laughs> this is amazing. All right. So he whisks her away to his flirty step-siblings. Or he you say her, it. Or he whisks her away to his anal virgin. Yeah. All right. Anal virgin. All right. Amanda's getting revenge this year. I'm working hard, but my spanks are working harder today. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Pink card. The hymen is located in front of the lamp. Oh, boy. <laughs> Aren't you sorry you used anal virgin? <laughs> Elise? All right. The hymen is located in front of tasteful cleavage. Really? I didn't read that book. It's somewhere else. This was not planned. <laughs> the hymen is located in front of the Spanx. <laughs> Ouch! Yeah, you put those on way wrong. No, it's Sorry. like, they're like crotchless underwear. <laughs> Can I give you a recommendation of other than Spanx? Jockey makes these things called skimmies. I love them. I got it. Yeah, they're great. They're fabulous, right? And they have like a thicker weight and then they have a thinner weight and they have three inseam lengths. Like if you want to go like full on, I'm biking forever when they come down to your knees. So my my chubby thighed ladies, I tried the bandolettes. I don't like them. I was going on a date with my boyfriend. We were in the north end of Boston, which is all like cobblestone. And I remember just, like, one kept rolling down my leg. And I had to, like, sneak into an alley in this, like, old Italian, like, little Italy. And I'm, like, crying, trying to adjust my bandolette in the north end of Boston. And my boyfriend's like, what's wrong? And I'm Nothing. like, 
Get out of the alley. Like, Can you walk slower? I don't like them. But, but the know. jockeys work well. Monastat also makes yeah, an anti-chafing gel. It's so good. I had what, to order Monistat? mine on. Yeah, I had to order mine on Amazon. So, is the hymen located in front of Tasteful Cleavage, or Spanx? Amanda's team is taking exactly zero prisoners here. It's really impressive. All right, so collecting cards, collecting cards. All right, two more fortunate souls. Come on down. Thank you for volunteering. Here we go. Ready? The secret to the shirt undone but still tucked in look is. We're ready. Are you ready? The secret to the shirt undone but still tucked in look is a riding crop. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to go full weird with this. The secret to the shirt undone but still tucked in look is chicken marsala. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the secret to the shirt undone but still tucked in look is a riding crop. And chicken marsala. <laughs> Thank you. Thank All right. Tame Elise. Woo! Well played. Well played. All right. Two more. Thank you. You're welcome. While I handed up cards, I told some of y'all this in the early, but I am starting to do the Smart Bitches Podcast Network. Because I want more podcasts that are dope and I want to make them. Amanda and Elise came to me with this really cool idea for a podcast, which are in production now, and I'm going to ask them to tell you about it. So Amanda came to me, it came up because we talk all the time about how we need to live closer because we both really love creepy shit and no one else will watch it with us. Yeah, our partners don't do creepy shit. No. So we are doing a podcast called Creep Squad that is all about the horror thriller genre through a intersectional feminist lens. So the first season will be six episodes. We recorded the first episode, Mm -hmm. which is like orientation. We talk about like how everyone gets finger blasted in Stephen King books. We talk about jizz rain. Yep. So the first book we're doing is The Luminous Dead by Caitlin Starling which is a sci-fi horror book that's set underground in a cave system. She's finished it, and Amanda has not. Yes. Like, I want to talk about it so bad. She's listened to it, and I'm going to be reading it. Yeah. Right. The, the other, other thing, thing that's cool about it is that they're going to each read or watch this thing and then talk about it, but the best part is that their respective partners and spouses cannot handle any no. of this. Like, they try real hard. You can tell that there's a pride thing happening. And sometimes, like, my husband would be, like, frantically playing something on the iPad while we're watching something. I'm like, baby, do you want to, like, do you want to just watch something else? He's like, no, I'm fine. It's really okay. We saw It in theaters, my boyfriend and I, and the second trailer just dropped. And he's like, I have to wait and watch it with you because I cannot watch it by myself. It's <laughs> so sweet. And then he's like, can we just watch it in the daytime? Why do we have to watch it now at 10 o'clock? I was like, we're watching it now, or I'm going to watch it without you. He's like, fine. Is it scarier or not than The Bachelor? The Bachelor. Oh, tough okay, question. So, scarier than The Bachelor or not? So I was not going to review The Bachelorette this season. I was going to take a personal break. And I then, got an email about it. Where are the recaps? We, we've but had then, several comments on the side of that. They changed, they changed the format of the show 
so that two of her girlfriends sit in like a van, like a surveillance van. They have access to watching what the guys are doing 24-7, and they can call her at any time like, so this dumb motherfucker, right? (laughs) So so the first episode, um, I caught part of it. They found out through social media that one of the guys still had a girlfriend. And she marches into the room where all the dude bros are drinking. And I don't know what his name is, so I just go with Chad. And she's like, Chad, we need to talk. And she hauls him out there. And she's like, so you have a girlfriend? He's like, I don't have a girlfriend. She's like, you were dating her on Monday. He's like, well, we're not really dating. She's like, that's a shitty thing to do. And you're leaving. And he's like, I'm I'm what now? And she's like literally marching him to the door, snapping her fingers. She's like, come on. I said you were leaving. And all of the other guys, like you can see their testicles start to shrivel up. We're going to recap it, yeah. Because the the, the joy must be shared. (laughs) All right, you ready for the next round? Here we go. During the first sex scene, Hero is really thinking about blank. Everyone's really, like, reluctant to hand over Yeah, this game just got leveled up. I can feel the tension. (laughs) Okay. During the first sex scene, the Hero was really thinking about marking her with his scent. Oh. That's a shifter romance. Yeah. It's like when your cat wakes you up by like rubbing his face on you. Yeah. Yep. Or his ass. Butt in the face. Does, do all of your cats just present their butts to you? Yes. Like, have you seen it? Yeah. I, yes. I wish I loved anything more <laughs> than like the way Linus loves putting his asshole on things. <laughs> I wish I had that amount of joy in my life. <laughs> no. My boyfriend won't let me near his butthole. <laughs> and I have asked. <laughs> no. Someone's an anal virgin. Someone's an anal virgin. People are going to read the show notes and be like, what is happening? And it's funny because he always bugs me. He's like, when am I going to be on the podcast? <laughs> Talking about Chupet. <laughs> During the first sex scene, the hero was really thinking about a trip to Paris. Ooh, all right. Marking her with his scent. <laughs> trip to Paris. Wow. Yeah, I saw that coming. All it right. Really turned on me. Oh, we're so sorry, Garlic Knitter. We appreciate everything you do. Oh, yeah. Garlic Knitter loves the live shows, but I get a lot of flags. <laughs> Book title. Fill in the blank. The Millionaire Sheik's Secret Blank. The Millionaire Sheik's Secret Awkwardly Time Condom. <laughs> oh my God. But like, what would what, make it what awkward? Is an awkward? Oh, I know the answer. I know the answer. After, after you're done, you're like, let me just put it. <laughs> or like right before, like right like before kissing has started, just like. Or he's, be, he's no. had it on all day. Close. <laughs> Very close. ready. Okay, so one of my least, <laughs> yes, one of my least favorite books, I think it's Kill and Tell. There's a lot of insta love. There's ruminating on the hero's hairy toes. And he's, it, so it's set in New Orleans. So, you know, this guy is all kinds of smooth. And he's having the heroine over for dinner in his extremely gloriously nice balcony or whatever. And she, he goes inside and he puts on music. He comes out and they have dinner and they have dessert. And then they start kissing, and then she takes his pants off, and he's had a condom on the whole time. 
Ow. And she's like, "How? when did you put that on? He goes, when I went in to put on the music. So he, was he... How presumptuous. But like, was he, how does that work? Because like... I don't know. You would have to maintain your erection the entire time. Maybe he's just a shower, not a grower. That's just, that's a bad plan. It's like those wacky Yes. Like outside a car dealership. <laughs> oh my god! Now I want condoms that look like that thing. I believe that's called priapism, and it's an emergency. It's a medical emergency. Yeah, that's bad. So yeah, it was on for like over an hour, and then a meal, and then a dessert, and then dancing, and he just had that on the whole. Wouldn't that get kind of sweaty? Right. I'm not trusting that that has zero points. Right. No, that's that's very unsafe. Yeah, so that's that's the uh, that's probably the origin of the awkwardly timed condom. I mean there are other awkwardly timed condoms, but that's the most awkwardest. (laughs) What if what if you did like close magic and just like made one appear like in the bed? (laughs) Imagine if that was your superpower. Oh, what's this? (laughs) Imagine like you get into Hogwarts and that's your superpower. I mean, condoms appear. Wizards don't have Awkwardly. superpowers, you nerd. <laughs> it's magic. My magic skill is awkward condoms. <laughs> Shut up. Don't shame me. <laughs> All right. Book title, The Millionaire Sheik's Secret Inner Goddess. Ooh. All right. We're going for awkwardly timed condom. Yes. All right. So you guys both get to come and take a prize. Oh, no, excuse me. No, she already knew that I lost. <laughs> that was a pretty rock She didn't want me scale. to live through my shame. <laughs> All right. Goddess. It's like your, your green goddess experience <laughs> yes. here. Oh, my God. That was great. You need to, yeah, share. Oh, so I, Jane and I went out to a restaurant, and I ordered a salad, and the waitress was so nice, and she's like, it comes with green goddess dressing, which is like, a sour cream and herb, but lately it's just been like mayonnaise. She's like, yeah, she's like, so just get the balsamic vinaigrette. And I was like, okay, I will. Thank you. I've never had like a waitress tell me not to get it. <laughs> We're tied now. I know. It's keeping tied. this losing energy. Okay, you guys ready? Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's pick a card. Oh, here we go. Here's a two card one. <laughs> the first time she lays eyes on his blank, she can't help but think of blank. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, right? All right, so you each need, you can work together and pick two cards that you want to submit to your able captains. Okay, repeat. The first time she lays eyes on his blank, she can't help but think of blank. The first time she lays eyes on his flowing red hair, she can't help but think of delayed douche syndrome. What is delayed douche syndrome? It's when someone seems like nice, right? And they're then a you nice find guy. Out they're like yeah, a and then you're like, douche. what? Yeah. Sweet little ginger. He's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. I think at least won this one. So the first time she lays on, eyes on, oh, I'm going to change the words. That's fine. Um, the one that got away. She can't help but think they're frenemies. Ooh, that's an actual whole, like, that's an actual whole thought. That's a real thing. I would read that. Would anyone else read that? Yeah, I would read that. I would read the hell out of that. That sounds pretty dope. Okay. So, Elise, first time she lays eyes on his flowing red hair, she thinks of delayed douche syndrome. 
right. And I mean, Team Amanda, the first time she, she lays eyes on, on the one that got the away, got she away. Can't, can't help but think they're frenemies. I think it's time. Oh, that Good sounds job. like a win. Nice. Score. No worries. Team Amanda. Week five. <laughs> okay, you again, serious. you know, with grain of salt. Yeah. yeah. Just just putting it up there. If this is going to be a live podcast, I want to like, have them be curious about using douche in a negative context when it only refers to a, the cleaning of the no body. Right. Oh, see, I I always had a different interpretation. That's so interesting. I always thought that you could attribute douche negatively because actually douching is not necessary because no, the vagina no. is a self-cleaning organism, but yeah. the whole idea that it needs to smell like a summer's Eve, summer's Eve right. is inherently negative. It's like this useless oh, thing. Right. That's, you're right. It really is. A, there's a variable there. Like body neutral. Oh. We all have one. Exactly. That's that's true. Most- all right, this is our last round. That was really hard. All right, come on down. Last round. Last round. One more. One. Anyone. And then after we're done, and we tally and we and we applaud the winner. I'm gonna. We're gonna take questions from you guys. So if you have questions you want to ask any of us, we welcome all of your questions. And I've already talked about my boyfriend's butthole, so nothing is off limits. Right. AMA. Here we go. Who? Blank is never a good idea. Anal virgins, bad idea. All right. All right. Actually, that's actually pretty funny, but, you know. Oh, no, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. We're now make, we, we've yeah. now moved on to the collaborative team decision at this point. <laughs> All right. Whipped cream is never a good idea. Says who? I think the context is sexually. True. Mm-hmm. I think it, I yeah. think need the emphasis on whipped cream. Is never a good idea. <laughs> right. Lack of lube is never Ooh. a good idea. Oh, anal virgins. So uh, that's Team Amanda. I yep. Love it. All right. Well done. Still bad. De- definitely not. No. <laughs> so here's my question. This is so true of so many romance conferences. How many people in this room are nurses or former nurses or worked in medical? Yeah, there's always a couple of nurses who are like, yeah, I can see. <laughs> One year at RWA, a woman with, there was a, it was at the hotel in Dallas. If you guys remember the Dallas, whatever the heck it was, the bar had multiple like step levels. And this woman was going down the steps and she fell and she fell really hard. And it was like yes. seven nurses flew out of the ether and were like, do not move. You will lie there. You will get... And it was like, whoa. Treat our RWA ER was like live in the lobby. Was it 15? So, oh, well, like eight nurses everywhere. My sister is a ER urgent care nurse. And I have learned that apparently like once a shift, you're going to pull something out of a butthole. Right? It's extremely common. Not a, like I didn't think it would be, but oh, yeah. like all oh, the yeah. time. Oh, yeah. All the time. Right. So, <laughs> what was the worst thing you've ever had to deal with? I think that you, this is oh, that has to be the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 Say it again. <laughs> we had a patient who, you know, had surgery because he had something removed from his anus surgically, and we kept asking the doctor what it was, and he said it was an apple. So a lot of us thought we, you know, busted that. They were kind of an apple, was it? And he wouldn't tell us. 
So the doctor walked away and finally came back and said, if you must know what kind of apple it was, it was a Macintosh. <laughs> so when, like, you just pull it out and like, what is this? Is the sticker still on it? I want the sticker. So, oh my God. So when Gray, I think it was Gray, came out, I read it, and um, there was the figging scene, and I had never heard of figging before, and that is when you peel fresh ginger and insert it into uh, someone's rectum, because I guess it, the idea is that it burns, but it would be very slippery, right? And so I called my sister, and I'm like, I need to ask you if this is a thing. She's like, how popular is this book? I'm like, it's, it's going to be real popular. She's like, fuck, I'm going to be pulling ginger out of assholes all month. Like, <laughs> I would love to see the correlation of book releases and Blair, yeah. Blair at the bottom. Apparently we need public service announcements for parents. Like, don't. Unless there's a flared base. You need a flared base, yes. Very important. And what, like, there's like. Once it gets, gets past the second My sphincter, sister told me done. you have two sphincters, and she's like, if it gets past number two, she's like, we're talking surgery. It's just not, it's not coming back out on itself. And then sometimes it's like something glass, like a light bulb. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, light bulbs are apparently popular. Yeah. All right, so can I please have a round of applause for Team Elise and Team Amanda? All of y'all may come up and get a prize. And thank you to Melanie for creating and giving me a set of this game. It will never die because I love it so much. All right, so we have a little bit more time. Oh, yeah, I designed shirts, like, all over the place. Yeah, mugs and shirts and all sorts of things. I will, I will, I will, like, I will call you at home. Oh, you yeah. No, I designed a whole new line um, that says disrupt the patriarchy, read romance. But then I was like, well, that's not profane. And I'm sorry, like, fuck the patriarchy, read romance. And I'm like, and then people can't walk around with fuck, but what if I put a little heart for the you? And so it's not really fuck. And then it's like water bottles and stickers. And yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to be like, here's my swag. Yeah, it's fun. I have lots of fun with graphic design. So do you guys have any questions for us or things you'd like to know? Yes. Howdy. Sorry, we don't do that here. Get out. Or recent uh, reads. It doesn't have to be a new release, but like something you've read that you can't stop thinking about. She has the dangerous question. All right, so. Oh, yeah. All right, and I'm, I, will, I welcome recommendations and recent reads that you guys like as well. Group recommendation for you staff. Amanda, you want to go? Um, the Bride Test was so good. Um, I mentioned this in my review, but I don't often read the author's note because I'm lazy and once I'm done with the book, like, I don't want to have to read anything extra. Um, but the author talked about how she kept fighting with westernizing her heroine, and the heroine is an immigrant from Vietnam. And um, she mentioned that her mother is an immigrant and how writing this heroine and talking to her mom about her experience brought their relationship closer together. And when she started writing, the heroine Esme was like the third part of a love triangle, but she kept like stealing the scene. She's like, why do I have to make like a modern American woman for my heroine? Why can't she be like an immigrant coming to the U.S. like trying to make her life better? Um, and it was so sweet and lovely, and I was worried because I loved the kiss quotient. It was my favorite book of last year. So I was just worried like this wasn't going to like, capture me as much. 
And it's really good, and I really recommend it. You don't have to read The Kiss Quotient to read this one. The Hero is also on the autism spectrum. Um, yeah, it's really good. Really good. Uh, I just read Stillwater Girls. It is so if you are a person who wants to read a psychological thriller but you don't want to be freaked out, there's no on-screen violence in the book and it actually comes to a happy resolution at the end like everything is tied up and everyone is okay, which is spoilery, but how you get there is still really compelling and it is a book about uh it opens up with two girls who live in a cabin in the woods with their mom and they live like Little House on the Prairie style, like no electricity. And mom keeps telling him that all these bad things exist in the outside world, so we don't go there. We stay here and we we take care of ourselves. But then one of the sisters gets sick and mom has to take her into town and she doesn't come back. And then not far from where they live, there's another woman who suspects her husband has been up to something, like maybe cheating, she doesn't know. And their plot murder. Right. Their plot lines intersect in a really, really interesting way. But it's not gonna like give you bad dreams and every everyone's okay in the end. And it's free on Kindle Unlimited. Ooh. So I read a book that is nonfiction, it is ninety-one pages. I borrowed it from my library and I returned it as soon as I was done, even though I like I highlighted probably three quarters of it because the whole line was so long and I wanted the next person to have it as soon as possible. It's called Wolf Pack by Abby Wambaugh. She was the former captain of the U.S. soccer team. Oh, yeah. And it was it, she had a uh, commencement speech, I want to say, at Barnard that went viral. And so she expanded her commencement speech into this book. The basic premise is that to all of the women who are reading her book, and she talks about gender identity, and she's like, I'm using the term woman, but that is a very large and inclusive term. You have never been Red Riding Hood. You were always the wolf. And it talks about owning your pack. And the other thing I loved was the idea that when someone scores, when someone has a victory, you either rush or you point. So if you're the one who scores the goal, you turn around and you point at every player who made it possible, the defender who defended you, the person who passed you the ball, the coach who made the call, the people on the bench, you point to everybody. And if someone else celebrates, you rush them to celebrate with them. And it's all about how women forming a pack lift each other up. And it was so good. And it was really quick, but each chapter I was like, Oh, I'm having a really good year of reading nonfiction that reframes the way I look at the world, but I also recognize that that work of reframing is really hard. And this was one of the books where I read and I was like, oh, this changes the way I look at so many things, but it was so lifting. And I felt like replete when I finished it. This is great. And I loved it. And I was like, I could read this again, but I'd much rather give it to the next person in the whole line because it was so good. Can you look at your other of those reframing books? Okay, reframing books. Burnout. Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski, The Secret, yes, really reframes a lot. That's a good one. Yes. Um, good and Mad. Would you recommend that one? I'm trying to think of what nonfiction you I read you. Good and Mad at the same time that I read Burnout, and they go really well together, because Good and Mad is Rebecca Traister writing about all of the things that suck, and Burnout gives you the understanding of the scientific process to handle how reading Good and Mad makes you feel. Another book that I really enjoy is called White Fragility, which is, okay, here's how you stop seeing things through a very specific racial, patriarchal, capitalist, curiarchical lens. Curiarchy is this awesome word that means all of the things that oppress us in different ways all stacked up in one word. So some of us are oppressed culturally, and some of us are oppressed religiously, and some of us are oppressed racially, and some of us are oppressed by our immigration status. Curiarchy encompasses all of that, but White Fragility is, wow, that's a book. Um, uh, 
Thick? No. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I interviewed her for my podcast. My inner thirteen-year-old lost her shit. I mean, she's, she's amazing. Everything I want to be. Right? Like I listen to her, and I have complete like molecular stillness. Yeah. Thick is a series of essays by, by a sociologist named Tressie McMillan. McMillan Cottom. McMillan Cottom is an acronym. It's wonderful because she's really good at doing that thing where you look at something really specific and then you zoom way out and you're like, whoa, here's the whole concept of that thing and then you zoom back in. It's super great. I'm not finished with the book yet, so caveat for that. I'm reading The Five, which is also a nonfiction book, and it is about it is a deep dive into the actual lives of the five women who were killed by Jack the Ripper. And the book is not about him. It's about who these women actually were. And none of them were prostitutes, right? They just got labeled that way. They were actually all women who had some kind of economic displacement. And when they were killed, more than likely, they were sleeping outdoors because they were homeless. So it kind of takes this idea of like this, you know, super spooky, mystical killer that's very sexualized. And it's actually like, this was probably a tiny, miserable little gremlin man who had to sneak up on sleeping women to kill them. And these are their real lives and the real things they went through and their families. And it, it, but the interesting thing is this author has been getting a ton of shit on social media from dudes who call themselves like ripperologists because, because when you take out the fact that these women were not sex workers, all of a sudden he's just a shit bag, right? And so all of these, yeah, all of these serial killer fanboy dudes who are like, well, we've been studying this for years. And she's like, well, I took away the common element. So everything you based all of your theories on is false now. You're going to have to start from scratch. Questions or comments or suggestions or recommendations? Beth, Beth, Beth bring her up line. <laughs> so my recommendation is Writing Her Ends by Holly Trent. I was going to say that one. <laughs> yes. Sorry, yes. I still no, yeah. fine. Um, the reason I'm recommending it is it's FFM, mm-hmm. and it does center the women. The dude is yes. kind of extraneous. Oh, interesting. So it's very nice. And then on top of it, there's really an exploration exploration of um, sexuality versus romantic. So there are characters who are bi-romantic, mm-hmm. but not bisexual. Oh, so it's, it's Writing Her In by Holly Trent. And so your female characters, there's a bisexual, biromantic writer, author, mm-hmm. and there is a, um, the male character is uh, her cover book mm-hmm. for her book series. And then his wife, uh, turns out, she kind of thinks she's asexual, but it turns out that she's actually interested in women, but she's biromantic. Oh, so it's a really great set of dynamics, very well done. Thank you. Yes. Good. I second all of that. Yeah. Oh, there's another book I could recommend called Play It Again. I reviewed it. It is a male-male romance between a YouTuber who is blind, and he and his sister um, live together, and their their whole career is their YouTube channel, um, and they basically explore his life as a blind person. Part of it is doing restaurant reviews where they review the food and the accessibility of it. Um, and so they discover a Let's Play YouTuber, which is someone who plays a game and narrates what they're doing through the progress. And they discover this, this little shy guy who's, you know, in Ireland, and he's got, like, you know, 50 subscribers, but he's super, super charming, and they both love it. So he, the, the lead character, um, he mentions this channel to his Bodrillion subscribers, and this poor Irish guy wakes up and is like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> 
Well, what happened? <laughs> and then they start this sort of a chat relationship over, so they start by chatting over um, d direct message, and then they progress to texting, and then they progress to Skyping, and they have this digital long-distance romance that's very, very sweet. The thing I liked about it is that the other hero realizes that he is uh, asexual, and he didn't know there was a word for that. And the, hero, the other hero's sister is asexual, and they have, they just have this really common, chill, upfront discussion of variations in sexuality. And the one kid was like, "Wait, that's a thing? That's a, there's a word that wait, that's a thing? Like, there's something that's something wrong with me?" The other thing I liked about it is if you're in the mood for a story that's very contemporary and very set in reality, but doesn't have a lot of angst and conflict. The biggest conflict is that they have a long-distance relationship, and things are complicated, and they're humans. And sometimes they don't want a lot of angst. Sometimes I just want to, you know, read people getting together. And that was exactly what I wanted at the time that I read it. I just really liked it. Who is? I asked the librarians these questions. This was bad. <laughs> she has her phone out. Oh, yeah. I have notes. <laughs> so in the vein of nonfiction that changes your mindset, there's a book called Pleasure Activism, Bella. The Politics of Feeling Good. Right. Here for it. Um, I'm going to try this, A Dream Marie Brown. And it's really about how like, social justice, how can that feel good for folks? Because a lot of it's really focused on negativity versus celebrating and being positive about it. Oh, like, even, so an example is, no, I'm not going to say that example. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's about like, how do you find healing and happiness and feeling it in your body? Because a lot of like things are focused, like talk therapy is very mentally focused. Mm -hmm. It's not. It doesn't go deep into physicality. Yeah, and it's not. I'm like, yes, it's about orgasms, but it's not all. It's not just about <laughs> it's just orgasms. Part of it. Yeah, like okay, cool. And not about orgasms for everyone. Like, right. not, like say what we were just talking about. Right, like, of course. That's not a part of everyone. what pleasure would feel like for them. Right. Oh, that's cool. Necessarily. Thank you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> This one came out um, last uh, October. It's called Femnasty, The Complicated Woman's Guide to Surviving the Patriarchy Without Drinking Herself to Death <laughs> by Erin Gibson. And it is a series of essays. She's a humorist, and she's worked in media in Los Angeles and Hollywood. And so one chapter is about Hollywood, one chapter is about this, one chapter is about being a woman in a non-sexual um, doctor relationship because they don't believe you because they don't think your health really matters mm -hmm. they don't trust anything. It, some of the le chapters will make you cry, some will make you so PO'd, and some of them, in all through it, she will make you laugh. Wow. I do promise that. So this turned into a non-fiction podcast. I'm going to have to start one of those, too. Anyone over here have recommendations that they want to recommend? So I, this was a serious read, but it really opened my eyes to the opioid crisis, Dope Sick. Oh, I yeah. can't remember the author. Um, but I think it it touched on how it came about, which also, I think, kind of intersects with where things have come politically. Mm -hmm. um, and just making me more aware and open and compassionate. Yeah. Um, so... This is a really, really good read. Thank you. Do you guys want a bit of a woo-woo recommendation? Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah. All right. So this is, this, yeah, well, this is like a nonfiction woo-woo. So I've been listening to a book called The Empaths, Survival Guide. So if you're the type of person who picks up other people's energy or being around a negative person just makes your skin crawl or... Cheese suckers. 
Yeah. Um, Emotional vampires. Yeah. If if you pick up people's emotions or you pick up the mood of a room really quickly and you're like, oh my God, this sucks. The whole book is about helping you identify exactly what kind of empath you are. Are you a food empath? Do you treat yourself with food? Is food a way you you feed that empty feeling, which I totally identified with? Um, Are you a... Uh, an empath who needs to isolate. Do you need complete aloneness, even with the, from the people that you're closest to? And I'm not all the way through it, so there's lots of different types, but there's all these self-assessments. And I was listening to it while I was cooking, and my younger son came and he goes, what are you listening to? I'm all those things. Oh. And I was like, I know, sweetie. I know. <laughs> so the empath survival guide is really good if you want to learn how to sort of create a barrier to taking on everyone else's feelings, which can be really draining, especially if you're at a conference with like 700 readers. <laughs> All right, I think that is our time. Thank you guys Thank so you. much. And that concludes our live show from Book Lovers Con and this episode. I want to thank Amanda and Elise, Eva, Beth, Terry, Joe, Carol, Melanie, and everyone who came to the live show. I hope you had a good time. And I want to thank you for listening. It's wonderful when you join us virtually or in reality. If you would like to offer your opinion, you have suggestions, you want to tell me about a book, you know about a location I should travel to to do a live show, email me, sbjpodcast at gmail.com. This week's podcast episode was brought to you by Never Kiss a Notorious Marquis by Renee Ann Miller. Renee and Miller's USA Today best-selling series of steamy Victorian set romances about infamous lords whose scandalous ways keep tongues wagging but whose wicked reputations are fueled by dark gossip and dangerous hearsay is back. When darker whispers swirl that a certain Marquis may have murdered his wife, a spirited suffragette and aspiring journalist decides to use a chance encounter with the dangerously desirable nobleman to uncover the true story. Never Kiss a Notorious Marquis by Renee Ann Miller is on sale now wherever books are sold and at kensingtonbooks.com. This week's podcast transcript was sponsored by End Transmission, the final book in Robin Backar's Galactic Cold War series where Firefly meets James Bond in this action-adventure romance trilogy. When a surprise attack separates Chief Engineer Maria Watson from her ship, She finds herself stranded in hostile space with a stolen Soviet weapon and the ship's salty, sexy doctor, Tomas Niota. Trapped together in a stolen ship and running from both the Alliance and the Soviets, they must work together to survive. But when the weapon's horrific purpose is uncovered, their quest becomes a race against time. They must expose the truth and destroy the weapon before it's too late. Don't miss the rest of the trilogy, Relaunch Mission, which was listed as one of Book Riot's 25 best space opera books, and Contingency Plan. The final book in the trilogy, End Transmission, releases May 20th from Karina Press and is available everywhere ebooks are sold. We have a podcast Patreon. I would be deeply honored if you took a look. And see if you want to support the podcast with a monthly pledge beginning at $1 a month. Every pledge keeps the show going helps us commission transcripts. And the address is patreon.com slash smartbitches. And a very, very special thank you to our Patreon community. You guys are most excellent. Thank you so much. The music you are listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. This artist is named Duncan Chisholm. 
This album is Afric, and this track is called Running the Cross. If you would like to find out more, I've got links in the show notes. You can find his music on Amazon or iTunes or wherever you buy your funky tunes. Coming up on Smart Bitches, we have so many things. I almost wrote them all out and that would be too much, so I'm going to sum up. It is time for What You're Reading. It is our most popular post. So popular, we now do it twice a month. We tell you what we're reading. You tell us what you're reading. And then we all buy more books. It'll be great. Sunday, we are announcing our second quarter book club pick. The Patreon community makes suggestions. We pick a book. We all read it. And then we record a podcast episode to talk about it. There are so many ways you can participate, too. You can phone in with your comments and leave a message about what you thought. You can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com and tell us what you thought. Or you can leave a comment on the podcast entry and share us share with us your reaction. Sunday, you will find out what our second quarter book pick is. And I will give you a small spoiler. I have already started it and I really, really like it. Then this coming week, we have more stuff. We have a really thoughtful and touching essay from author Jackie Lau about writing biracial characters, and being biracial. We have reviews of new books that you are definitely going to want to read, the reviews and the books. And yes, you heard in the episode, you probably saw one yesterday, if you were on the site, Elise's Bachelorette recaps are back. Thursdays, you can read, holler, and laugh yourself silly with the rest of us. And all of that, plus cover snark, books on sale, and help a bitch out. I hope you will stop by and hang out with us. And now I have a terrible joke. I have two terrible jokes. The first is from Kit, who is just coming through with terrible jokes. I love it. Why should you always hold the door open for clowns? Why should you always hold the door open for clowns? It's a nice jester. (laughs) Jester. (laughs) And then I (laughs) I picked a special bonus joke because I couldn't choose and I liked this one too. This one I have read like five times and every time I read it, I laugh. So if I can get through this, why should you never tell a werewolf that they're a werewolf? Give up. Why should you never tell a werewolf that they're a werewolf? They're aware. (laughs) They're aware. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) my desk is next to the stand where the cat food is. And Oliver, Oliver, Oliver has been dead for many years. Orville, who was also an orange cat and currently alive. Orville was having a snack and was so offended by that joke that he just jumped off and walked out the room. Like, nope, I'm not here for that. (laughs) They're aware. He's aware that's a bad joke. And I love it. Thank you to Rice Eater 15 on Reddit for that delightful joke. I will have links to every book we mentioned and some of the games and things that we talked about in this episode. Again, I hope you enjoyed our live show. And if you have an idea of where I should do one, please email me and let me know. I love doing the live shows. They are so much fun, mostly because you're there. On behalf of Orville, and Wilbur, who has just jumped up on my desk, we wish you and get down. God, pick a pick a place, dudes. I'm recording. On behalf of all the animals jumping up and down in my office, we wish you the very best of reading. And a special personal note, if you will indulge me. This weekend, my youngest sister-in-law, Jessica, is getting married, and we are all in or around the wedding, and also at this point, probably really enjoying things. So to Jessica and Hugh, we wish you many, many happily ever afters. Congratulations. I hope wherever you are, you are having a wonderful weekend. We will see you back here next week.